welcome to America This Week. I'm Matt Taibbi. And I'm Walter Kern. So, Walter, obviously tons of stuff happened this week, beginning with the madness in Russia. We were going to talk about it, but frankly, we don't know anything about it. Our conclusion ultimately was that we couldn't figure anything out about what happened. So we'll come back to it. We promise you, audience, that we'll come back to this topic. Does, does that make sense to do, Walter? Yeah, I, I've looked into the bait bucket of Russia, and it is just a seething can of worms without any bottom that I can see. So to try Crawlers. to, yeah, it's to, to try to pretend to fish out one worm and analyze it, or, or you know, read the entrails of the Russia thing. I I think it would be ultimately deceptive. It would be pretending to an expertise and a clarity I don't have. And I certainly don't have sources. So I don't have any way of getting outside the narrative to uh, some other, you know, more reliable version of things. Uh, I, I don't want to bullshit people. Yeah, we don't want to, we didn't want to represent to you that we were pretending it didn't happen. But ultimately, our conclusion is we just don't have a whole lot to add. So uh, we acknowledge that something crazy happened in Russia. Um, but we're not really sure what it was, so we'll come back to it. And we acknowledge that there is still a Russia because uh, it seemed like when they were talking about this thing, it was going to be the end of it, and yet it's still here. So um, we'll take the radical position that Russia looks like it's still going to exist for a little while. Interestingly, Trump, who a few weeks ago was arraigned and you know, paraded and uh, derided as a felon or potential felon is kind of getting off easy. Because as you look forward into the summer, um, I, I mean, not easier than he deserves, but I mean, easy in the media. As you look forward into the summer, it seems that these Biden investigations have a ways to go. But the Trump thing is all sort of on ice until there's an actual trial. So um, I, I guess more indictments from other quarters might be coming. Uh, yeah, he's got uh, the Georgia one and the, right? Mm. Supposedly. I, I mean, how would, how would I know? Uh, but uh, yes, th that seems to be on, on the docket. But as I say, uh, tr the bad news with Trump is kind of factored in at this point, as you might say in the stock market. Whereas we don't know what the Biden's downside is still. Um, we pretty much know, even in prospect, what Trump's facing. But we have no idea on the Biden side. And even more tantalizingly or depressingly, I suppose, if you're a Biden fan, uh, it would seem that his presidential prospects are certainly clouded at the very least. Um, and we're starting to hear all kinds of rumors about the mechanics of replacing him on the ticket, whether he would just declare like Johnson that he's not running again or even not finish his term. Uh, who then would be the standard bearer for the Democrats? Would it be Gavin Newsom? You're seeing that name all over the place. Yeah, exactly. Um, this is Again, this is more Kremlinology, but what does it mean when you start seeing all these stories about the mechanics of replacing, you know, Biden and 
suddenly there's a lot of press about Gavin Newsom. It's similar to when we suddenly saw this flurry of coverage of Kamala Harris versus Pete Buttigieg. Um, and that disappeared just as quickly. But yeah, the Gavin Newsom name being so prominent makes me wonder a lot. Uh, wonder what? Uh, well, I mean, I mean, if somebody were to step into the role of the uh, establishment acceptable Democratic candidate, who else would it be besides him? It seems like it seems to me like he, he he's the front runner for that role. The problem is that he, he's almost as repellent and unlikable as Ron DeSantis to me. I mean, I, I, I think. If that ended up being the race, that would be that would be one of the all time uh, tough choices for people to to brook. Well, there's but, certainly going to be a suspicion that there's been an artificial intelligence takeover of human bodies in the in, in the presidential contest, because I can't think of two candidates more uh, susceptible to the charge of being silicon based rather than uh organic human uh, beings. Uh, but, 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 but in any case, uh, so there's this, there's this talk on, on Newsom, but there's also this all-out campaign, it seems, which has been launched with great fanfare and was in the Atlantic to get rid of RFK Jr., take this guy out of the equation. Yeah, so it, it, this all started, the, the, the madness about this started when, I guess it was in May, CNN published a poll that showed Biden at 60%, um, uh, RFK Jr. at 20%, and Marianne Williams at 8%. Um, there have also been subsequent polls that have been, you know, troubling for the Democrats, among other things, in a national poll from Emerson College that showed uh, Cornell West already having 6% and drawing significant amounts of black votes away from a potential Biden candidacy in the general election. Um, Cornell, Cornell running as a third party candidate. Yeah, as, as a Green Party candidate. Um, but it, RFK Jr. attracting that much poll energy this early uh, has resulted in in a basically nonstop stream of negative stories about him and about how unacceptable he is. And they're everywhere. They're in the New York Times. They're in uh, NBC. And they're in the Atlantic. And the one in the Atlantic, I, I, I did want to talk to you about it. I wrote a piece about it. Um, Unfortunately, it was written by somebody who I know and kind of like it, it, you know, John Hendrickson. He was my um, online editor at Rolling Stone. He's a nice guy. Um, but he wrote this piece, the substance of which is, was just that, that uh, RFK is conspiratorial, um, you know, completely uh, immune to fact uh gets so many things wrong says offensive things um is unfit and it's very similar to the coverage of trump in, in 2016 i i was going and i was going it, to say, i was going to say uh have they looked back and seen how unsuccessful this 
style of uh, early vilification is in keeping a candidate out. I mean, yeah. really, RFK is at the all publicity is good publicity stage. Yeah, ex- exactly. And and this is this is what I wrote about. So again, the the headline of this piece is you know the first MAGA Democrat, um, and then there's this passage, and I just want to read it to you. Uh, Kennedy is tapping into something burrowed deep in the into, in the national psyche. Large numbers of Americans don't merely scoff at experts and institutions; they loathe them. Falling down conspiratorial internet rabbit holes has become an entirely normal pastime. Study after study confirms a very real quote epidemic of loneliness unquote. Scores oh, of Lord. people are bored and depressed and searching for narratives to help explain their anxiety and isolation. Scroll through social media and count how many times you see the phrase "burn it down." And okay, can we just stop for a second, Matt? I, I, yeah. I, okay. I don't know why this triggered me. I, I just had the act, actual, uh, you know, acid rise in my throat. I used to write for the Atlantic. It has a patented method of both sort of highbrow analysis and complete uh, kind of tabloid style, uh, seat of the pants, uh, intuitive bullshit. This idea that Americans are lonely, um, it's it's almost like it's blaming it on antidepressant use that we have in RFK Jr. Uh, Americans are lonely. They go down rabbit holes. Well, damn it. Uh, let's just look at COVID. If you didn't go down a rabbit hole, you didn't know anything about it. If you did go down a rabbit hole, you were two and a half years ahead of the news. Um, and, and, and the Atlantic con- continues to insist that this is some sociological, psychological, emotional problem of the American uh, average person rather than a response to and and rather rational and at least predictable response to years of bullshit and obfuscation and fake Russia investigations and so on is 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 amazing. I mean, if they are that completely in their bubble, if they truly think that there's some kind of rampant loneliness that's led to the uh, doubt that we have in our institutions that it's truly a psychological or even psychiatric phenomena. And, and that that accounts for the appeal of a candidate who, frankly, I mean, would appeal in any year just because he's the son of the most famous American political dynasty, along with the Bushes. I mean, uh, and, and the other fact is that he has a, uh immediate edge because he was skeptical about this vaccination issue at exactly the right time when America itself became skeptical about it with damn good reason. Right. And yet, yet, you know, how can the Atlantic skip the top 10 reasons there's an RFK uh, junior uh, candidacy for maybe the 17th reason is that, which is that there's an epidemic of loneliness. You know why there's a damn epidemic of loneliness? Because everybody got shoved into their house and told not to go to Thanksgiving for a couple of years and right, watch or the their... funerals of their parents or whatever. Yeah. 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 
Um, so that uh, there's an RFK Jr. Atlantic uh, should not shock you, first of all, because you were there this whole time cheerleading for all of the um, measures that led to the damn epidemic of loneliness. Right. If there if indeed that has anything to do with this. Right. This this for me br- just brought back a flood of memories of what happened with Trump. I remember going out and covering Trump for the first time for Rolling Stone. And yes, you could do the story. Like here are the 5,000 craziest things that Donald Trump has ever said. Right. And you could pick out people in his audience who had um, views that were repugnant or uh, questionable or maybe not, you know, didn't have a factual basis. You could pathologize uh, the reasons for people flocking to Trump, but all it took is one visit to, uh, you know, a stump speech of his and whether he was sincere or not, he was rattling off a list of things that people ha- were already pissed off about before the campaign started, before he ever declared for the presidency. There was already tremendous anger in America about a whole long list of shit that they had a right to be angry about. You know, there was the huge upward transfer of wealth that happened after 2008, um, enabled by bailouts and you know, quantitative easing and, um, you know, we, we rescue Citigroup and Goldman Sachs. We don't rescue people who are in for the millions of people who are in foreclosure. Uh, there's the menu, you know, the export of the manufacturing economy. So there's anger about NAFTA that's persistent all over the country, right? Yeah. Uh, the anger and at agribusiness. Year- and 15 years mm-hmm. worth of wars that went nowhere. Exactly. And, and Trump gets up there and whether you believe him or not, it doesn't. It, again, this is irrelevant. He gets up there and he says the war in Iraq was a big, a big fat mistake. OK, like he, I was at one speech where he was he was about to say it was a big fucking mistake. And, and he, he kind of like stopped himself and said fat instead. And it was kind of an applause line at, at the at this event. And. Later on, it was borne out that he did well in places where there were lots of veterans who returned from the Middle East. Now, do you believe him? Do you think he was a real reformer who was going to stop forever wars in the Middle East? That's kind of a jump ball issue. He didn't start any new wars, but he did. You know, there's evidence that he increased drone attacks. It doesn't matter. The point is there there were remove Trump from the equation entirely. This electorate already had lots of reasons to pick somebody who wasn't an established can- an establishment approved candidate they were looking for somebody who was going to um drop a gigantic turd in Washington because they were fed up i mean right i mean isn't isn't that an, a, a logical analysis of the trump phenomenon and it's the same thing i mean i think you, we saw some similar things with the with the sanders phenomenon you know he he did unbelievably well uh, compared to candidates like Dennis Kucinich and, you know, who, who had pushed similar policies in the past um, because people were that much angrier, right? They were ready to just 
M- Matt, you've hit right? you've hit on it for 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 years now. In a few presidential campaigns, there has been real dissension in the Democratic Party. When competition has been allowed, the competition has been fierce, and it has been uh, uh, the uh, it has been the, the outsider candidates, quote unquote, like Bernie who have challenged almost successfully, in some cases, the establishment candidates. Here we have yet another outsider-insider candidate, an outsider who happens to be a Kennedy, and and he's tracking to do something like what Bernie did earlier, maybe from a different angle, but once again revealing that the Democratic Party is not monolithic. But all the Atlantic can do is try to analyze the state of mind in America that, and psychoanalyze it to, to divine why we would find such a guy appealing. Well, there, he's only doing what's been done before and what was almost successful two times in a row. Um, right. Two times in a row, there was almost an anti-establishment coup within the Democratic Party that was put down by usually great strategy, especially in the Biden um or cheating. I mean, you know, there's some stuff that was pretty malodorous in in, in the in that race. But anyway, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, once again it's being attri- it's being attributed to some kind of uh figment of people's imagination combined with a weakness of character. Uh and and now they've added to their own candidates the the trump moniker of maga so uh in the toolkit of demonizing democratic outsiders the democratic party has now found a third trick which is not to just accuse them of being too far left or to be patsies of russia which they also did with bernie um and he took it but to say, but to say that they're actually maga they're actually trump i mean the, uh, the establishment Democrats are being beset by Trump on all sides. They've got Trump on the right of them, Trump on the left of them. Uh, <laughs> what song and, is that? Uh, stuck in the middle with stuck you. in the middle with you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so now they've got MAGA left and MAGA right. Um, MAGA needs only take one more chess piece, and I guess it owns the entirety of the American political landscape. Only Joe Biden stands between the two pincer actions from MAGA uh, America that, uh, well, I mean, both absurd, of course, but predictable. Because the only attack that's worked by the Democrats for a while now has been the attack on Trump. Of course, they'll use it on their own candidates, too. Right. And, and and this is what's so frustrating. So th- this has become the new tactic. The RFK Jr. movement isn't really, it's not, he's not a Democrat. Um, Brandy Zadrozny at, at uh, NBC, she did another sort of long hit piece um, on RFK Jr. And what makes him not a Democrat? Uh, well, here's what she wrote. 
Kennedy's views on vaccines put him at odds with most Americans, particularly Democrats. He aligns more with a growing wing of vaccine-skeptic Republicans. Research and polling consistently shows modern-day conservatives are more susceptible to conspiracy theories and hold more conspiratorial worldviews generally. So that makes me wonder about, you know, well, how do you account for the large number of prospective Democrats who are telling pollsters that they might vote for him? Now, depending on what poll you, you, you're looking at, he's doing better or worse. Like there was a New Hampshire poll that was not very favorable to him. But I'm, it, some of the polls have suggested that he's that he's got a real chance in this thing. Like, you know, the initial CNN poll said something like 65% of Democrats were willing to at least consider him, which is a pretty high number. And, you know, but they keep going with this theme that he's, he's not really a, um, he's not a Democrat. He's got more in common with Republicans. The New York times did a, did a, 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 a hit piece on him that talked about how uh, he was hanging. He, he went. He committed the grave sin of going on Twitter and doing a like a Twitter Spaces and engaging in a quote friendly back and forth with quote Tulsi Gabbard, the former Democratic Congresswoman termed right right wing commentator. Um, so it's more like guilt by association kind of thing. No, no mention of the fact that she was hounded out of the party by a fake accusation of being a Russian asset or any of that stuff. And that that's why, why she might not feel terribly favorably toward the Democrats anymore. Um, but it's, yes, there, there are things, there are things you could maybe criticize about, um, RFK jr. Uh, and I think that's fair to put in any profile of any presidential candidate. But as with Trump, though, you, you can't leave out the context of where all the energy is coming from. What I can't stand is the fake analysis, which blames it all on the voter or the, the audience for somehow being stupid or lonely or uh, paranoid, uh, when in fact they've had uh, outsider candidates, as I say, in the Democratic Party for the last few elections. Um, They've nearly toppled the leader, uh, and uh, here comes another one, and so nothing's new. But of course, they're telling us something is very new. Um, I also want to point out that we talked last week about the new non-debate idea that that people who are in the right or have the science on their side need not debate anyone else about their positions. I think that that refusal of Hotez to debate RFK uh, on, on on Joe Rogan was a proxy for the refusal that's coming of Biden to debate RFK Jr. Um, I don't think it's any mystery that down the line, should Biden remain a candidate, RFK is going to challenge him vigorously to debate and is going to make something of his likely refusal to do so. And and Marianne the, Williamson, the, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, and all the arguments all the arguments now that Biden might need to um refuse a debate have been made in advance. You're only in other words that's what I think is behind this uh full press um demonization of RFK Jr. It's it, it's all a pretext for not debating 
because if you portray him as someone who's going to uh, expose America to these awful conspiracy theories, should he be given a stage, then you have a reason not to share the stage. Um, and, and so the battle over whether those two will ever debate or ever confront each other is what I think is being fought in advance here. Yeah, and and don't forget, like just just last week, um, Democratic strategist uh, Jim Kessler, I think is his name. Um, he gave an interview in the Hill where he he described both RFK Jr. and um, and uh, Marianne Williamson as gadflies who have done mm-hmm. nothing to earn the right to de- to debate a sitting president. So it, it's this. They're they're not Democrats. They're not even really politicians. They're just gadflies. Um, you you know who the first gadfly was, right? No. You know who the first gadfly? You know where that term comes from? No. That w- that was Socrates' description of himself. <laughs> um, now remember they put him to death, but he uh, but he 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 freely and cheerfully the father of. Western philosophy basically described himself as somebody who 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 stung conventional opinion. That a gadfly in America should be portrayed as some kind of uh, outre uh, danger to society is ridiculous. I mean, uh, are we not supposed to be constantly engaged in a process of self criticism and improvement? Um, they just want to end things, don't they? They they just want to stop the whole process. Uh, they just assume there be no other candidates. They just assume they have no other opinions. That no debates take place. Um, why they still call for elections at all sort of uh, mystifies me, since they don't seem to like the process of dynamic conflict in politics and and find it find it dubious on its face. Uh, how could anyone disagree? with an administration whose country is experiencing rampant inflation and uh, you know, expensive proxy warfare and uh, infrastructural breakdown and so on. But it must be loneliness, right? I mean, it must be a paranoia. Uh, no one with Joe Biden's economy could be expected to be by acclaim the uh, perfect incumbent right right and and, uh, I, I, and this if, you, if everything was booming and wonderful and no there was no inflation and young people were buying houses and you know uh, there wasn't uh complete skepticism about the origins of this virus that rearranged society such that we even have reason to believe our government had a hand in it then i could mm-hmm. see finding somebody who would challenge Biden as untoward. But it's shocking that the challenge isn't even bigger, frankly. Sure. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that there aren't more people out there who are who are trying to throw their hats in the ring. And uh, there's so much public discomfort over all these different issues from. I mean, there's a lot of just COVID issues. You know, there's anger about the whole the lockdowns, school closures, the being told lies about the efficacy of the vaccine, the transmissibility, 
um, of the virus after you get the vaccine and how safe you're going to be. Um, and then that capping off with this, you know, seeming round of revelations about whether or not um, it came from a lab and whether or not this is the result of U.S. funded research. And even if it wasn't, the fact that we were uh, clearly engaging in that kind of um, research, you know, I mean, <laughs> that's a it's a very bad look. Uh, there are people who have a lot of questions. They're angry about that. They're angry about what they went through in COVID. They're angry about whether their economic situation improved or not um, during the bailouts um, after COVID. Now, again, that began under Trump. So, uh, you know, he's going to have to answer to some of those voters, too. But there's there's that. There's the Internet censorship thing. I mean, I, I, I was thinking just last week. Joe Biden's going to be the only candidate probably in this race who is not censored on the Internet in some way. Um, exactly. Ramas- exactly. Ramaswamy has already been locked out of LinkedIn. Um, you know, Trump was, uh, of course, has been banned from a, a gazillion different platforms. He's allowed back on Twitter now, hasn't hasn't come back. Uh, RFK is almost daily still having stuff taken down off YouTube. Um, well, democracy is it, too valuable be, to, to be left to the people, especially a lonely, paranoid people. Um, it, you, but you, you, you've nailed it. Here we have the Atlantic telling us that there's a pathology involved in, in questioning this president and challenging him. Um, and yet, they have to do everything they can to push down alternate views, not just from RFK, from all over the place. And, and, and then they also have a president. If you're hearing this message, you're listening to the free version of America This Week to hear the full version. And for more articles and content, please subscribe to Racket News at taibi.substack.com or racket.news.